Welcome to Horror Strap. Hello, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, welcome back to Horror Struck. My name is Cecilia Talbert. I'm Santa Claus. No, I'm Riley Ott. Hi, Happy Holidays, everybody. Thank you. I feel like we've been very productive with our December releases. Oh yeah, it's not even December until tomorrow, and we're already done with the month. I think by this point I'm home. Nice. Perfect. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Apparently, we're going to be out of it today. I just woke up from a nap. I don't know what your excuse is, other than you've been working all day. Uh, I mean, I, I worked and I had to go to the doctors. And because of the medicine I'm on, for the first three infusions, they give you Tylenol and allergy medicine, like an antihistamine, just in case you have a reaction. Oh, no. Um, Are you going to fall asleep in so, the middle of recording? This was like at like 11. But I, it was funny because I was like, we had a big production meeting. So I, I was on the Zoom call while I was getting my medicine. I was just like, I just didn't have my video or my sound, my microphone on. I was just a, a listener. So It's Christmas time. It's December. We're all caught up on it's this Christmas. show. You're coming home to visit me specifically and not your family, just me. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's right. But yeah, I don't, we've been recording pretty quickly in succession because of this new job I have and I'm going to be on the road. So I don't really have anything new to talk about, except I finally watched The Curse. Oh, you told me to watch it and I forgot. It's good. It's on Hulu. It's, it's a really interesting take on the werewolf lore. It reminds me a lot of the, I think it's Ginger Snaps Back. I can't remember which one it With is. The, the one where they're 18th like 18th century werewolves? In the period piece. I think yeah. it is the sequel. That's yeah. what it reminds me of. Very similar vibes. Uh, I liked it a I lot. remember, I haven't seen The Cursed. I'm going to because you really like it and our friend Brandon really liked it. And that's good enough for me. Yeah, it was good. But I just remember being at a sleepover at your house and your sister and her best friend were there and they were watching Ginger Snaps Back. <laughs> And it scares the absolute shit out of me. And I would really like to go and watch it now and see if it has any effect on me whatsoever. Mm. I'm going to say probably not. Probably not. I, I doubt it. What have I watched recently? I feel like you were more afraid of being afraid than actually being afraid, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I was afraid of the concept of fear itself. I think you're absolutely right. Oh, my right. God. You're just like Harry Potter. Oh, my God. The glasses and everything. And I was invented by a transphobic woman. That's not true. My mom's nice. When he sees the Dementor. Um, wait, what were you saying? <laughs> oh, there's that thing in the third the third movie and book where Harry sees the Dementor with the Bogart. And Lupin's like, ah, so it's interesting because it's oh. you know, the thing you fear. You know fear. why I don't like being afraid? Because it makes me feel the same way that I feel when I try to do a math problem. Like, it physically hurts me. Does that make sense? Does anyone else have that? I think I have, um, is it called dyscalculia? I have a lot of anxiety. anxiety. No, it's dyslexia, but it's numbers. Like, I can't see numbers in my head. It does not make sense. Oh, interesting. I have a really hard time subtracting. Well, that's why we have calculators. Yeah, I don't need to do shit anymore. Today, I was trying to figure out what percent of 100 was 16 and then I sat there and realized I'm a fucking moron. It's 16%. <laughs> oh, I don't 
don't mean to laugh at you, but that's that's pretty funny. I sat there and laughed at me because <laughs> what kind of fucking idiot couldn't figure that out? Anyway, <laughs> did you you watch anything else? Just that movie? I think that's been it. I'm trying to think. I think the rest is just YouTube. So it's like that's odd fair. videos here and there, but nothing nothing too crazy. Oh, I did watch all of Wednesday. Oh, how was it? It was fine. Oh. It was very okay. much like I could turn it on and kind of walk away and not miss anything. You know what it reminded me a lot of? Uh, you said it reminded you of the Sabrina show, but was there, is there something oh, new that... Oh, atmospherically, yes. But no, it reminded me a lot of... Um, because it's essentially just a teen mystery. Mm-hmm. So it reminded me a lot of... Um, my God, what is the name of those books by Maureen Johnson? Oh, the, you know... The one with the clock uh, and the, the woods. The tr- truly, truly devious. devious. Yeah, those are great books. Yeah, it just reminded me of like a gothic version of that. Okay. And I think it's just because of, you're following like a a teen detective. And that's essentially what Wednesday is in the show. Okay, so. that was actually the perfect way to sell it to me because now I really want to watch it. I think it's something where if you decide to watch it, um, you're not going to regret watching it. But I think if you miss it, you're not necessarily missing out. It's, it looks like something easy to watch, so I'll probably try to. Yeah, it's very, it's very easy to watch. You want to know what I'm watching right now? It's not an easy watch. It's a lot of information. Uh, Midnight Club? <laughs> no, oh. not the Midnight Club. I mean, yes, but no. Watching season three of Dark on Netflix. Oh, okay. I watched yeah, the yeah. first two seasons, I think during like 2020 and the peak of the pandemic, and then I just kind of forgot that there was a third season. So it's been a while since I've seen all of it. And I had to go back and watch a recap video of the first two seasons. And oh my god, it's so much information all at once and so many characters. And it's like Game of Thrones level of like, I need a chart (laughs) to help me figure out who's related to who and who is who in the future and who's who in the past. And it's because it's time traveling and parallel universe so everything gets kind of muddled. It's so fucking good, though. I know. I need to watch it. I'm just really bad at focusing. Yeah, it kind of helps that the whole thing is in German because I have to not look at my phone, so I do know what is going on. I am able to follow pretty well. But I think other than that, oh, I started a movie today and I stopped it because I could not pay attention and it was You Won't Be Alone. It's Hmm. something about a witch back in the 18th century. I don't know. Maybe I'll find out. Maybe next time we record, I'll have something to say about it. But that's the only other thing I've started. Yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. Should we talk about this movie now? Yeah. I can't think of anything else to talk about. So I think this is our last Christmas movie. I think it is too. I think so. Thank God. Uh, thank God we ended on a good, a good movie. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The last two were garbage. So we watched the 2016 film Better Watch Out. It's Christmas, butt fucker. Why did they say that? I really like this movie. I love this movie. I love a movie that will subvert all of your expectations. Mm. 
that's what this movie is. Yeah. You think it's one one movie, and then it just turns into something completely different. Yeah, the way this is advertised, and what I thought was going to happen until I actually watched it, was they're selling it as a home invasion movie. It's not that. And it, I mean, it is that. Sort of. Up until the first act is over, yeah. Um, And then it becomes something very different. Something worse, I think. So we've both seen this movie before, and I would really like to know what your thoughts are going into this watching knowing the twist it makes the beginning act like the first act a lot more fucked up when you know the twist yeah that's true but it also makes me really appreciate the level of filmmaking that went into the first act because even rewatching it you're kind of almost tricked to think that what they're showing you is real even though you know it's not oh i was stressed they do it so cleverly I I just think this is such a fun, fun movie. I and dark. It's very dark. Oh yeah, it's extremely dark. It's um it reminds me a lot of the babysitter, if anyone has yeah. seen that. Yeah, I like think, the Christmas version. Yeah, like the tones are very similar and obviously like a lot of plot points are, but you kind of like flip the narrative of that. But what I found interesting rewatching the movie I remember the first time I watched it and how I felt about certain characters. And I think, I don't know, I think I am an incel too now. I remember (laughs) feeling very like, uh, like sympathetic, I guess, toward a certain character. Yeah, yeah. And watching it back, I'm like, oh no, I should have known all along that this kid fucking sucks. So for those of you who haven't seen the movie... Um, I'll do a quick summary before we go into the plot. But the movie is framed around a home invasion story where a babysitter, she's about to go off to college. And so there's this kid she's been babysitting forever. And it's like her last night babysitting him. He kind of likes her, but it seems kind of like a like a boyhood crush. And then things get turned on their head when someone appears to be outside and then starts to break into the house. But that's only the first act. Everything <laughs> changes. Uh, but that's that's pretty much the non-spoiler summary for it, without giving anything away. Are we gonna do that? Are we gonna go into spoilers? We'll go into spoilers. We'll just jump into the plot. Yeah, let's do uh, it. And we'll just talk about the movie as we go along. Hell yeah. I think the way this movie opens is perfect. It opens on a girl who's building a snowman, and then a kid runs by and smashes it. With the baseball bat. And I think that perfectly summarizes the tone of this movie. And the theme, now that I think of it. There's a lot of elements of the snowman bashing that kind of come back around. Oh, they do some absolutely great callbacks in this movie. There's one in particular. I don't think I realized the connection when I watched it the first time and then when it happened. It's it's a lot. It's probably the, the worst thing that happens in the whole movie. Uh, we meet Ashley. She is our protagonist. She's the babysitter. She's about to go off to college. I think another thing this movie does really well is exposition. They work it really naturally into the story. So she's like on the phone with her mom, talking about going to college. She ends up getting, in a little bit, she gets to, is it the learners? Um, I think so. 
I think so. Um, the learner's house, who she babysits for. And, like, that's also a really good reason for her to give exposition, because the dad's like, oh, I heard you're going off to college. Tell me about it. So, uh, you're leaving us. Deandra says that you're moving. Yeah, in a couple of days to Pittsburgh. Then I gave you permission. So, thank you for coming, because uh, you gotta be busy uh, packing. Yeah, but I mean, I couldn't leave without saying goodbye. Oh, yeah, also the parents, icons. You've got Virginia Madsen as the mom, who we all know and love from Candyman. And uh, Patrick Warburton, who is just a fucking cartoon of a man, but always wonderful to see. We did fall down, and not necessarily fall down a rabbit hole, but when I was looking at IMDb, if you look up Patrick Warburton... His photo on IMDb is him as the tick. And then Riley was like, have you seen Alexander Skarsgård's picture on IMDb? Oh my god, yes. Go look it up if you haven't. It's hilarious. And I know that there's a story behind it, but I can't remember what it is. Oh, also, the parents are super mean to each other. The mom is... she's a little intense. We're not putting those on the tree. No shoes or chop your legs off below the knees. You sure you've never sucked another man's cock? Not even in college. Not some lost weekend, fishing trip, secret special friend. Never? Not that I can recall. Not a very happily married couple. They seem to be kind of just putting up with each other. Not great role models, maybe, for your young, impressionable boy. But that's fine. And we do meet Luke, the boy that Ashley is babysitting. He's probably like, what, 13, 14? He is 12, but he'll be 13 in a couple months, which he says. He's a middle schooler. It's him and his friend Garrett. Uh, Another fun thing to note is that Garrett is played by Ed Oxenbold. And he was in the visit with our lead, Ashley, who's played by Olivia DeJong. I think it's DeJong. I I don't know how to pronounce her last name. DeJong? DeJong. Everyone in this movie is Australian. That's all I know about them. I don't know their names. Except like Patrick Warburton and... uh, The only Americans they could get. I think it was filmed in Australia, though. Yeah, I think so, too. That's not why their names are hard to pronounce. (laughs) They speak English there. But yeah, that's just a fun little thing. But uh, I like that they establish the relationship and the dynamic between Luke and Garrett kind of right off the bat and they subvert it because when you first meet them you think Garrett is kind of the ringleader and that Luke is the quiet shy one turns out to not be the case oh man when the mom says that Garrett is a bad influence I just scoffed (laughs) but they you know Luke seems like a very like sweet quiet kid who's just like he's in middle school he's you know, probably going through the whole crush thing for the first time. Of course, he has a crush on his babysitter. She's older. She's very cute. She's nice to him. Um, they've known each other for a while. So it's like the perfect thing where you think, of course, like, why wouldn't he have a crush on her? I guess. I mean, listen, my babysitter was a contestant on The Bachelor, and I treated her normally. That's real. You can look her <laughs> up. Her name is Holly Julian. She's a nice girl. That's very fun. Yeah, she's nice. She had a fun season. I only watched up until she got eliminated. So like three episodes, but good for her. Yeah. So Garrett and Luke are just talking about about Ashley and about how Luke is like, yeah, this is going to be the night that I'm going to tell Ashley how I feel. Maybe I'll get a kiss. And Garrett's like, dude, she's like a lot older than you. She's like a cool like high school graduate who's going to college. I don't think she's going to like you. And he's like, yeah, she is. She's like twice our age. 
I really don't think it's gonna happen. Five years, big deal. My parents are five years apart. You don't get it, Luke. Ashley's a 10. Ugh. Yeah, he's looking up, like, articles on how to get girls aroused. It's very strange. But also, like, very much an adolescent, dumb boy thing that you would do. But they're also talking about something very important. And that is the logistics of the paint can from Home Alone. Oh, from Home Alone. Would it kill someone or would it just knock them down? I don't know. It's like with the paint cans. Oh, my God. Are we seriously back to the paint can debate? I ended that last week. I was unconvinced. No, 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 no. We looked it up. That ER doctor said that the paint can would have smashed the robber's face in. Every time I watch Home Alone, I just think about the fact that there's no way those guys could be alive with all the things that happened to them. I mean, is the paint can empty in Home Alone or is it full of paint? It's not even just the paint can, though. It's like the falling down the stairs. The one guy gets an iron dropped on his head. Oh, God, he would die. How heavy are irons now? Is it full of I think it's a hot iron because he has a mark on his head. Oh, no. But it's very slapstick, so it's... Yeah, this sounds like a cartoon, like an anvil or a piano is going to fall from the sky. Yeah, that's kind of I haven't seen Home Alone in a long time. Uh, Yeah, that's the joke that goes around every year with Home Alone. They're like, this could easily be a horror movie about how Kevin McAllister is going to kill the burglars. Honestly, why haven't they done that? I feel like Macaulay Culkin now... They did do something like a, that. Did they? they with did, him? They did something with him as his character, like being an Uber driver. I'll have to look it up. As like an adult. It was pretty funny. I saw him on Dollface recently because he's married to Brenda Song or they're engaged or something. And he played a serial killer. Oh. And that was cute. That's fun. Yeah. I, I missed that show. It got canceled. It's okay. Anyway, the little weirdo. He's got a, a fetus machine, too, that Garrett makes fun of him for. It's like a, it's like a sound, white noise yeah, machine, white noise but it's machine. like it's got the heartbeat. of what would, yeah, like what you would hear if you were in the womb. They're really setting him up to be like a very sweet, innocent child, like to the point of where when Ashley comes over after she talks with the parents, the mom takes her upstairs and is like, hey, this is a new thing that's happening. We think that Luke has been sleepwalking. So what we do is we put, and she like pulls this pencil from underneath the rug and she's like, we've been hiding this. Well, we put this like on his door so we know if he's gotten up and like has been sleepwalking and walking around so we can keep track. Uh, that'll come back around. I don't think he was ever actually sleepwalking, was he? Uh, that, that'll come back around. We, we see Garrett kind of messing around in the medicine cabinet in the bathroom. So they're, they're building up Garrett to be like bad influence and luke is a sweet innocent child he's not bad he's just itchy he's an itchy boy <laughs> he's like he's looking for some cream yeah not oxy well <laughs> i can't blame him i've had a lot of surgeries this year and listen oxy's fun don't do drugs there's a whole epidemic just fight for the legalization of like weed and mushrooms okay I will. Who should I fight? I'm ready. Um, just your state government, because I know it's only medically illegal in Ohio. I will punch Rob Portman in his stupid fucking face. Uh, <laughs> so the learners, the parents, they leave, and uh, Garrett also leaves, and so it's just Ashley and Luke having, you know, same old times, having fun, uh, watching scary movies. Ashley keeps getting on her phone and talking to her boyfriend 
um, who Luke does not approve of. Yeah, why does Luke think he has any authority over who Ashley dates? Why is he sticking his nose in her business, little bastard? Because at the time, you think he just wants, like, yes, he has a crush on her, but he is also just like, at some point, he's like, why do you always choose these, like, terrible guys? And she's like, you know, it's not your right to say who I choose. And actually, Ricky is very sweet. There is a really interesting thing where we establish that Ashley is petrified of spiders. And so she has Luke capture one for her. It, well, she wants him to kill it, but he captures it and then he lets it go. So you're like, oh my God, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Now, you probably read an article about how to seem like a nice, sensitive guy so that girls will get they're, horny. They're doing a Fucking really good weirdo. job making him just seem like an ordinary teen. I really like what they do. I think they do a lot of really good things that would throw you off the scent of what the twist will be. I think I'm ruining what the twist is. <laughs> That's okay. But it's fine. It, we're in spoiler territory and I yeah. hate this boy. Things start to kind of turn when Luke um, gets a champ- bottle of champagne and Ashley has to be like, look, we're not drinking. You're too young. She starts getting rid of it down the sink. Um, and then she decides to take a swig and he comes in and they joke about it. Like, she's like, ah, you caught me kind of a thing. And there are a couple setups where like the door is open in the back and she thinks Luke left it open. So she shuts it. So a lot of things leading into the home invasion kind of theme that you think you're getting. Oh yeah. There's also a really awkward scene where she's like, oh, I forgot to order pizza, but then the doorbell rings and there's a pizza man. And he says something weird and ominous to her, so you're like, oh, okay. Someone is obviously, like, what's it called? Why can't I think of what the word is? Like stalking her? Kinda. What's it called when they're, like, scanning your house and they're gonna, like, rob you? Oh, they're, um, casing. They're casing her house. Thank yeah. you. I could not remember that word. So, yeah. So, you think, like, this is part of the home invasion. This is someone who maybe is stalking her because you have an idea that there might be someone outside. Oh, and she has a weird ex, which I think they mentioned, too. So, you're like, oh, maybe it's the weird ex-boyfriend. And Luke is like, well, you know, maybe my, my he blows it off. He's like, maybe my dad ordered this pizza for us. And she's like, well, that's weird because it has mushrooms on it. You don't like mushrooms. It's weird that he would order that with that. But he's like, no, 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 whatever. He picks them off. They're having a good time. Ashley says this thing where she's like, you know, if I were your age, I'd date you. You're 12. 13 in a few weeks. I'm mature for my age. I know. If I were your age, I'd date you. Really? It's very nice to say, but I think... It's a little misleading. In retrospect. If you're him, a little fucking incel weirdo. You're like, oh, that means she would date me now, too. I've got a chance. She likes me. Luke tries to cuddle. It doesn't really happen because Ashley gets a phone call. And then Lucas tries to kiss her. And she's just like, no, you're drunk. Because he's been drinking the champagne. He's 12. Why? What? No, just because, Luke. Look, I know you've been drinking. So have you. So why won't you because kiss Luke, me? Because, Luke, is the most inappropriate thing ever. When he gets rejected after trying to kiss her, he says, I've been drinking, you've been drinking, why won't you kiss me? And the entire theme of this movie is male entitlement, and I feel like that right there kind of sums it all up. It's like, uh, you're drunk, so I'm entitled to your body, and being drunk is consent, and I fucking hate this kid, and I hate rich white people, and I hate 12-year-old boys, I guess. 
Yeah, but at this point in the movie, he seems really innocent and just kind of like he's been given. Because you, you saw him looking up things online, so clearly he's like fallen down a hole and like he just, he doesn't have any experience and he's trying to have the internet teach him and he's gone into these bad corners of the internet where he's learned all these terrible things. And that's so easy to do. The algorithm caters you to turning into an alt-right fucking weirdo now, so... He never had a chance. We don't even really have time to process this because this is when stuff starts to ramp up. They get a phone call. That seems really creepy. Oh. Someone has moved the Santa Claus against the window. The back door is open. They run upstairs. They hear like something crash. Someone's throw a brick through the window. And it's just like, you leave, you die. Uh, I think Garrett's... Has Garrett already wandered in? Uh, yeah, this is all going on, and they open the front door, and someone tackles Lucas, and it turns out to be Garrett, and they're like, why did you, why were you, like, roaming around in the backyard? Why did you call us? And he's like, I didn't do any of that. Also, this entire part, uh, leading up to them being home invaded, it's very reminiscent of Scream. Yeah, oh, that's what my note meant. (laughs) Scream reference. I was like, what does that mean? Oh, yeah, this entire scene, I assume, would have to be heavily influenced by that movie. It's because there's a moment where before the Santa moves and she gets freaked out, she says, if you can see me, what am I doing? And she's like, she has her finger up to the window. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like Scream when Sydney was like, what am I doing? And she's like, picking her nose. Ew, get your finger out of your nose, Sydney. Also, she was going to call the cops. She was going to call 911, but... Luke is terrible at throwing and like (laughs) throws her phone into a fish tank and like their Wi-Fi isn't working and their phone line isn't working. So they literally can't call for help. Uh, It's not it's not going well. Uh, She looks outside her her car tires have there's a knife in them. So someone's, you know, slashed her tires and then Garrett freaks out. and He's like, I got to get out of here. And he runs and you hear what sounds like a gunshot. And he, like, falls. Like, he got shot. Like, someone's outside ready to shoot anybody who runs out of the house. So, like the brick said, you leave, you die. Not great. Oh, God. This part reminds me of another movie that I love. And it's your next. And it's when they run and then they trip the wire. Oh, yeah. (laughs) God. Yeah. Great home invasion movie. If that's what you're actually looking for, go watch that. Luke and Ashley run upstairs. They're hiding in the attic. There's a scene where she almost like falls so stressful out of the attic and there's spiders all over her but Luke grabs her and pulls her back up he's a hero yeah he says i'm rambo we got to go get my dad's gun so i can kill the home invader like bitch you are 12 something interesting happens which is they they have gone downstairs at this point they're hiding in a closet and someone comes in with a gun they have a mask on they're all in black and ashley realizes Hold on a second. Luke, that person is wearing your mask. And then she's like, fucking Garrett. And she gets out of the closet and she's like, you bitches tricked me. And they're like, sorry, we were just trying to scare you. We thought it'd be funny. This is serious. How could you do that? Because you treat me like a child. And what, you were going to show me how much of a man you were by rescuing me from fake armed robbers? You are a child. Yeah, we thought that if we saved you from this home invasion that we completely orchestrated, you would be super horny for us 12-year-old boys and not, I don't know, traumatized for the rest of your life. Oh, also, Garrett is itchy for a reason. She also sees because he keeps scratching his shoulder. 
And that's how we're like, oh, it's definitely Garrett. So it's safe to go out there and confront him. Of course, Ashley is pissed. She's yelling at them. She's she's storming down the hallway because she's like, I'm but I'm gonna call your parents, tell them to come back right now. This is ridiculous. At first, Luke is like, no, please don't. And then like it just switches and he hits her with his gun because he has a he has a a handgun. Oh yeah, they have real dad's. guns. And he yeah he hits her, and she falls down the stairs, and that is when everything changes. <laughs> Oh, man. And this is, like, exactly at the 30-minute mark. It's crazy the way this just completely switches movies a third of the way in. Yeah, it's great. It goes from being a home invasion story to, a like, hostage a, a situation, revenge story. Oh, almost. God. Oh, no. Yeah, Ashley wakes up tied to a chair. She's tied with duct tape around her feet around her ankles and around her hands to a chair and Garrett is tied he's uh Luke gave him oxy so he's just having a good time on oxy fucking Luke is so like this this actor did a really great job um Levi Miller he plays this role perfectly he plays the perfect nice kid and then the perfect creep oh man that mask he had on when he was trying to be the nice kid, it fell right off. Yeah. <laughs> he is really good. He's very, like, sinister, but it's subtle enough that it's never, like, super cartoonish. I think all the kids in this do such a good job. They do a really good job. And Luke goes through, and they duct taped her mouth. And so Luke goes through a purse. He's like, something's missing. He draw. He gets her lipstick and draws, like, lips on over the duct tape it's really fucked up and then he says i know let's play truth or dare and ashley's not having it uh because i don't think she realizes how how serious the situation is at this point like she knows it's not great because she's tied to a chair she's babysat this kid for years so she doesn't think that he's gonna do anything too dastardly i guess nothing that would end in her death no and she also has some valid like medical concerns because not only did he pistol whip her but she fell down a flight of stairs and she's like i have a concussion we need to go to the hospital and this kid's 12 and doesn't care about anyone but himself so obviously he's like no you're trying to trick me we're gonna play my sick little game instead it's truth or dare they don't do it for too long. Garrett dares Luke to feel up Ashley. Oh, yeah, touch her boob. Which is fucked up. Her response is great, though. How'd that feel? Like a little boy just felt me up. Which is exactly what happened. A little boy felt you up. There's really great moments, like, um, she just goes, Hey, hey, Garrett, did you know that Luke killed your hamster? Oh, dude, she's so good at manipulating this situation because there's already tension between them. Because Garrett's like, why am I here if I'm not allowed to also grope your babysitter? And she's like, oh, okay. All I have to do is turn these kids against each other and then Garrett will help me. And the thing up to this point, because Garrett then pulls out, I don't, what are they, eye drops? Oh, no, he has roofies. So that when his parents get home, they think that she got drunk off of their stash and then they won't believe anything she says. And that's what he's trying to get her to do now when there's a knock at the door. Who's there? Oh, oh my hero. Why? It's her boyfriend. <laughs> I love this Your guy. hero. Yeah, I love him. Uh, that's an interesting way to put it. 
Um, he, he does so much. He uh, tries. Yeah. So you think, oh, this is good. So her boyfriend, Jeremy, shows up. No, Ricky uh, shows up. Bart- Jeremy's Ricky, a dumbass. Sorry, there's, there's two. Jeremy is the ex. Ricky's an angel. Yeah. So Ricky shows up. He has flowers. He thinks that Ashley is mad at him. And he's just like, it's our last night together. You're going out to college. I want to see you. He's looking all around, all around the house for her. He's like, he's screaming her name. And Luke keeps going, she doesn't want to talk to you. She, She's cramps. She's diarrhea. And he's like, I don't care. See, he's a great boy. He's like, I'll, I'll get you some tampons. Is he Australian too? Because he said tampons so weird. I was like, is that your accent uh, I, flipping yeah. out? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And Luke gets to a point where he's like, well, I can't get rid of him. So he slugs Ricky with a bat and he's so proud of himself until he realizes, oh, that's right. I have little kid strength. <laughs> and Ricky wakes back up. They have a tussle. Luke ends up grabbing the pencil that's supposed to go on his door that's hidden under the rug. He grabs it and stabs Ricky in the face. Oh, yeah. And then does actually manage to knock him out. You know, I was thinking about the, now that you mentioned little kid's strength, I have like a vivid memory of playing backyard baseball with my brother and my cousin when we were kids. And I think it was an accident, but I remember hitting my cousin in the head with a metal baseball bat. (gasps) Yeah. And I was like, thank God I was a child. Because if I were to do that today, I think he would, I don't know, be concussed at least if i hit him in the right spot in the temple i think he'd be dead thank god for little kid strength thank god for cleaner because luke freaks out because ricky's bleeding all over the place so they have to move ricky downstairs get him tied to a chair and then they have to clean up all the blood because they don't want his parents to know um he's very concerned about the state of the house which i think is hilarious i mean his mom did make a point before she left to say the carpets are new don't fuck them up and then we have the scene where ricky is tied up next to ashley we get another big reveal what's that big reveal you tell me ricky didn't just show up because ashley hadn't texted him the plan everything that's been happening they make it seem like it's just an accident that luke has been dealing with uh, no, he planned all of this. He texted Ricky and then threw her phone in the tank so she wouldn't know for him to come over so he could mess with her boyfriend. You texted Ricky to come here, didn't you? No, man. Why would I do that? <sighs> okay, I did. I was going to tell you, but Grease Monkey got here 15 minutes early. Caught me off guard. What? Oh, I got it all planned out. Yeah, what else you got planned? What else are you gonna lie to me about, Gary? This little son of a bitch. I do, I love that reveal. It's such a great reveal to realize that it's not just like he, this was a plan that got out of control. He's a lot more calculated than even the, it just keeps getting revealed. Like he's more and more calculating. Like he ends up calling Jeremy, who is the ex, because he's like, he should come over too. And then when... Garrett is out in the living room smoking pot. <laughs> of course, Luke freaks out and was like, oh, I know what we do. Let's make let's make Ricky smoke it. Um, so people think that he, he's got it in the system. He I was the one who made the house smoke. You like can pot. definitely tell what his plan is when they force Ricky to smoke the weed. And Ashley's like, why are you forcing him to smoke weed? And he's like, oh, he's got to have it in his system. You're like, in his system? 
What do you mean? Are they going to run a toxology report because he's dead? Apparently, yeah. He was planning on killing him. This kid's a fucking psycho. Up to this point, Garrett is kind of like, he doesn't understand the full plan. Like, he was only told about the beginning plan that they were going to scare Ashley. Doesn't know everything else that's happening. And he's not really super into it. He is uh, very easily manipulated under the guise of, this is my best friend, so I have to be loyal to him. Or else he'll throw a temper tantrum because that's all that's been happening. Yeah, they take Ricky out. um, They pull his chair and they take him out to like under the stairs or like under the railing for the second floor or whatever. Luke is just like, hey, uh, hey, you know how we had that argument about Home Alone? Let's myth buster it. Great. So it's, it's the paint can. So he starts throwing paint cans over the banister trying to hit Ricky uh garrett is just like we shouldn't do this we shouldn't do this uh, but he goes along with it anyway and right as they're ready to throw this paint can they think uh ashley is able to get out of her duct tape and she runs she's got a gun in her hand uh she's got the chair still tied to her one arm she runs out but she is not soon enough because the paint can goes flying and uh what happens His head explodes. Yeah. And they show just enough to give you the impression without showing you too much of the gory detail. Oh, thank God they did not show me perfect little baby Angel Ricky's exploded head. I do need to back up to uh, right before he dies when Ashley is about to escape so that it makes sense why I like this kid so much. Basically, he's like, he knows that they're doomed. And Ashley has found a shard of glass on the floor and is able to, like, start getting free. And Ricky's like, hey, when you get your tape off, just fucking run for it. Let them kill me. I have nothing going on. They're right. I suck. But you've got all this going on. Like, I will literally die for you so that you can escape. He's a nice boy. She was right. He is very sweet. Yeah, he is very sweet. And now he's dead. And now his head R. is R. just mush. Ricky. God, fuck. Just yellow and bl- yellow paint, red blood mixing together. Makes me want a hot dog. It did kind of remind me about like a hamburger, like ketchup and mustard. That, yeah. I think at one point Lucas says like, because Garrett has blood and paint all over him. He's like, you look like a hot dog. Uh, Ashley tries to shoot Luke with the gun. But as Luke points out, any responsible parent does not keep the ammunition with the gun. So she makes a run for it. Lucas tells, or Luke tells Garrett, like, go get her. She gets, if she escapes, you're already an accomplice to this murder. Do you want to go to jail forever? So Garrett chases after her. That's when Ashley discovers the tripwire um, that has made it with a paint gun that makes it look like someone is shot. And so she tussles with Garrett. Uh, I know she, oh, and she makes it over the fence, which is great. She's just on it. She's so on it. Almost makes it to the street where the carolers are when she gets hit in the head with a brick it's the you leave you die brick you know what i want to know yes who threw the brick through the window um i guess it's 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 probably luke before because they were all three standing in the foyer and and then the brick goes through the window at the beginning who threw it no one else was there unless it it was probably another like trip wire thing knowing them all right fair enough but yeah, she's back, and she is duct taped to hell now. 
And she's got Christmas lights all over her, so that's fun. Oh, and no one can hear her scream when carolers come to the door, and they're loud as hell, and their harmonies How are beautiful. Loud are these carolers that they can't hear someone screaming bloody murder? Who cares? They were so good. Was Pentatonix at the door? Oh my god, I loved them. I think Luke even says, like, oh, they have a couple new members. Our harmonies are, like, really good this year. Yeah, they sounded great. They should have sounded quieter and then called 911, but... That wouldn't have been a good movie. I like that despite everything, Ashley is still putting up a fight. Like Luke comes over because she kind of motions. She's trying to say something and she needs him in the ball. So that's fun. And then Jeremy shows up. Aw, and Jeremy's played by that boy. He plays Billy Stranger on Stranger Things. Things. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Jeremy. <laughs> no, the actor. Dick-ra... It's D-A-C-R-E. How do you say that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either, but you guys know who he is. Decray? Maybe. I don't know. I'll never find out because I don't care enough to look. Luke goes out and talks to Jeremy, who's there, and he's like, hey, you know, Ashley, before she's going to come out and talk to you, she wants you to write this apology that totally is not going to look like a suicide (laughs) note. Not at all. Um, And then he proceeds to slip a rope around Jeremy's neck and then he drive. What does he? What does he drive? It's very sinister. I think it's just a lawnmower. Yeah, to essentially string him up, and then he dies. So R.I.P. Jeremy. We we knew the not at all. He was so dumb. I don't understand how he didn't just overpower a twelve year old boy and walk into the house like Ricky did. It's probably because they hadn't talked. Like he and Ashley clearly had a big falling out. And so he's probably walking on eggshells. So when this little boy comes out and he's like, write an apology note, he's like, I guess. I'm surprised he didn't like feed it to him. Be like, here, write exactly this because then it will definitely look like a suicide note. He does make him rewrite it when he's like, that's not long enough. You got to make it got to make it mean something. He's like, all right. Yeah, that's true. And say, uh, I'm sorry that I murdered all of you and your friends and then killed myself. Because they're framing Jeremy yeah. for all of the murders, by the way. <laughs> While Luke is dealing with Jeremy, Garrett's inside kind of talking with Ashley. Ugh, coming to his senses, finally. Untie me? Okay, we'll run across the street and we'll call the cops. But Luke will freak out if he finds out you're gone. He won't hurt you, okay? I, I won't let him. He's my best friend. No, he's not. Luke doesn't give a shit about you, Garrett. He uses you. He manipulates you. No friend would put you through tonight. He's getting ready to untie her, and, like, he kisses her on the cheek as, like, in his world, like, an apology. Like, I'm so sorry. And not a great move because Luke walks in. It's like, she's mine! How dare you touch her! Oh, my God. This speaking of entitlement. Jesus. Ugh. And things don't end well for Garrett. Luke, Luke shoots him. And he screams at him, why did you make me do this? He says, you shot me. And then he says, I want my mom. And then he shoots and kills him. I hate Lucas. This is the saddest death. You're not supposed to like Lucas. Oh, no, clearly. No. (laughs) Yeah, so R.I.P. Garrett. And now it's just Ashley and Luke. It says weird cuddle. Do they have a weird cuddle? Oh, okay. So it's Ashley and Luke and also all of Luke's mommy issues. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a scene toward the beginning, or actually, no, I think it's right now. Uh, Lucas decides he's going to cuddle with Ashley, and he's like, 
My oh, mom never right. holds me anymore. Yeah, she used to hold me. Then I got older and she stopped. Now she doesn't love me anymore. And Ashley says, I know why she stopped. And he says, why? And then she will not answer. She just goes dead silent. Yeah, and it drives him crazy. And then he just gets to a point where he's like, oh, well. And he stabs her in the back. She she dies. Uh, there's an interesting line, too, when Garrett dies. After he shoots and kills him, he looks at Ashley and is like, I was getting bored with him anyway. So he literally now has tossed both of them away like they are garbage. Yeah, and I love this because once he's he's killed Ashley, he then realizes, oh, fuck, I got to I got to stage a scene. I got to like clean everything up. So he spends like the next few minutes like getting everything staged and ready there's like this whole tense scene where he realizes the only way he can have the pencil be on his door so they don't think that he left his room is for him to put the pencil on the door and then run outside, climb like across the top of the house so he can like crawl into his window when you know his parents are coming home. What I would have done, I would have put it back underneath the rug because then it would just look like Ashley forgot. Yeah, but I, I get the point of like... That way he can't at all be implicated to be like, well, maybe he did wake up and he's just pretending to sleep. It's like, no, the pencil was on the door. He was asleep the whole time. Yeah, maybe he slept through all of these gunshots that were happening downstairs. How soundproof is this house? Rich people, man. Oh, you know what? The Tale of Two Sisters house? Maybe they have the same (laughs) soundproofing. Maybe they have the same contractor. But yeah, parents are getting home right as he's on the roof, so... Yeah. Good timing, kind of? Yeah, he he manages to get inside of his room, get under the covers. As soon as he does, he hears his mom screaming downstairs. And then she's like, oh my god, my baby! And she runs upstairs to find him. And then they cut to, like, the paramedics and the police are there. And, like, he's kind of been like, I don't know what happened. I was asleep. Aw, and his mommy is finally holding him. Uh, but things don't go according to plan because uh, he hears someone go, oh, my God, this one's alive. And they go, oh, my God, she's put duct tape over her wound. That was so smart. She stopped the bleeding. Oh, my God. I mean, listen, he would have been fucked regardless of, like, if any one of them were alive because you don't know who it is at first. But I think even if he had successfully killed them all, there's no world in which they would not have figured it out. I don't know. I think it would have been something where they would have just thought with the, especially with the note, that it just kind of resolved. So I don't think they would have done any further investigating. Really? Ugh. God, people probably get away with so much stuff. Uh, especially yeah, the uh, rich white people. But Luke doesn't. He looks out the window and sees Ashley being, you know, she's on a stretcher being put into an ambulance and she looks up at him and flicks him off. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, it's a great ending to the movie. Oh, and then we also get, I don't know if it was set up for a sequel or if it was just something like fun to put in, but we get a mid credit scene where Lucas is like, Mommy, I'm worried about Ashley. Let's go to the hospital. Like, is he going to go finish her off? Um, I think he wants to try. That's pretty bold. I don't think he'll be successful, though. No. He can control things happening at his house, but he can't really control things unless they're at, like, the Halloween 2 hospital. I mean, we look at all the shitty hospitals. Or the Scream 5 the Scream hospital. The Scream 5 hospital, the Black Christmas hospital that we just talked about. 
in this horror movie universe, he may have had a pretty good chance. But yeah, that's that's the end of the that movie. That is Mommy Issues, the movie. Love it. I do love it. It's really good. I love it. I do. This movie is a lot of fun. And I love how it just subverts everything you think is happening. I loved watching it a second time, knowing the twist. I think it made all of the, the breadcrumbs work and like stand out. And it made me think about how I view certain characters. Because there is like a boys will be boys element the first time you watch it. And you're like, oh, he's just a 12 year old kid. He doesn't know any better. Up until he starts murdering people. And watching it back, it's like, oh no, that is just male privilege personified. What a little shit. Just fucking white privilege. I can do whatever I want kind of mentality. He almost gets away with it. But he doesn't. Thank Thank God. God. Remember the first time I watched this movie, I was like, are you kidding me? Could you imagine if that was how it ended? He just gets everything he wants. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be a great message. No. And I mean, there's not much of a message here, but I think it is like, you're not going to get away with it forever, which I think is good enough. And it is like a pretty impactful ending, just her flipping him off. It's subtle enough. Yeah, she doesn't have to say anything. I mean, I would have liked her to beat him to a bloody pulp because he deserves it. But that kind of would have made her look a little bit guilty. It would have then suddenly yeah. become Corey Cunningham's movie. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't uh, have her beat him up. I think they should have a sequel where they're both adults and now she is out for revenge. I mean, I guess. My guess, though, is he's probably in prison. So enough time has passed because he's only 12. He's going to go to juvie until he's 18 or whatever. He'll get out of prison. And she'll be like, I couldn't get you while you were inside, but now you're fair game and she's going to hunt him. I wonder if he would go to jail for a little bit longer because if his murder is so calculated. Oh, and there was a lot of murder. They might they might have charged him as an adult. Like, I don't think he would have gotten life, but I, I think he would have gotten a lot of time. I don't know. It all comes back to like the the white privilege and the entitlement and the male privilege and the rich parents. Like, you literally can get away with murder. If you have yeah, the but resources. I think, I think because of the fact that he lured people there to murder them, uh, it's not going to look great. It's not like people randomly showed up and he murdered them. He like lured them there to murder them and to frame them. But if you have a good defense attorney, you could probably twist that enough. I think he might get away with it. Not all of it, but enough that... I don't, I don't think he will. All right, we got to call a lawyer in. I don't think he will because the person he attacked was a, a white rich girl. Yeah, but she's a girl. That's not me defending him. That's me realistically, like, in this universe, women are treated poorly. Yeah, but let's. this movie came out fairly recently. The the only thing I can think of as a comparison that comes to mind, it's not a great comparison because he killed himself, but the Gabby Petito stuff. Like, if he had been captured, he would have gone to jail for a very long time. Oh, see, my mind... Went to not a murderer, but still equally bad, was Brock Turner, who did get away with it. I hate to say it. It's a little different, because at least he didn't murder anybody. Rape and murder are different? No. Um, Also, if you're not successful, like if your intention is to murder, if your intention is to murder, but you don't succeed, you get less time. But I'm like, I don't think we should be rewarding people. That doesn't make any sense. Because they're bad at murder. Like, good job. You couldn't we feel so bad you weren't able to do it so we're gonna give you less time 
This has Strange. absolutely nothing to do with any of that because she did succeed. But did you see they gave Casey Anthony a whole fucking like docu series? Yeah, I'm where glad she's that other like, people oh, are I'm innocent, it so they can talk to me about it, and I don't have to watch it. Mm-mm, I don't want to watch that, but I saw a clip of it today. I was like, she is psychotic. How is anyone believing this? Anyway, we'll never know what would have happened to Lucas, and that's okay. Um, I'm pretty sure next week. Oh, let's do ratings. Uh, what's your horror struck rating? Mine's a one. Mine pr- should probably be higher because you're a woman. White men are frightening. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I feel like was a nanny up until very recently. One of the other kids, I have babysat them all for the past four years, and one of them just turned 13. And I'm like, that's exactly what's happening in this movie. And right now, the things he is obsessed with are Kanye West, Breaking Bad, and Matt Walsh. No, not Matt Walsh. Uh, What's the other psycho's name? Andrew Tate. Oh, no. Yeah. And I think a lot of those things are ironic. Also, like, you can watch Breaking Bad, that's fine, as long as your parents say so, it's a good show, whatever. But, like, uh, if you make the wrong friends, you're going to turn out like this little psycho. <gasps> you know what this reminds me of? Uh, the movie we just watched? I don't know what. It's not exactly the same thing, but I've been watching uh, this British soap opera called Coronation Street. Um, if you're British, you will have definitely heard of it because it's been on the air for, like, 60 years. Um but they have a storyline going right now where one of, like, the the male teenagers, he is getting kind of caught up in all the alt-right stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're showing kind of how he's being indoctrinated into it. Yeah, I, I read a book fairly recently about how easy it is to be indoctrinated, especially if they, like, get a hold of you on the internet. I wish I could remember what the book was called. It's very frightening. And kids are impressionable. And I don't think this kid would kill me but i was like ah it's so easy to fall into that trap so just for that <laughs> alone i'm gonna give it a two out of ten for horror I struck think, it's, it's i think i would probably yeah i think i agree with you i think it two added because it's just the thought of it i'm like this could probably there, there's a possibility this could actually happen to me maybe not with a kid i'm babysitting because i don't do that but i'm a woman so fear is always there i mean i am not a woman but also like the kid's dad is super transphobic and I'm your trans babysitter. Uh, so uh, Yeah, not great. But yeah, two two out of ten. It's it's this movie itself is a little um unrealistic in what might happen, but it still could happen. Uh, and I'm gonna give this movie a four out of five. I really like this movie. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. It's not a perfect movie, but I think the way they subvert the genre that you think you're watching it's just so cleverly done. I like that there's, like, even when you think the twist has happened, there's, like, another twist that happens. I just, yeah. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it's, like, a lot of dark fun. I love a double twist. You're absolutely right. It is. It's very fun. It's, um, it's very to the point. Like, this movie is not very long, which is nice. I think the only thing that made me dock a point was that I do wish there would have been a little bit more from Ashley's perspective like I think he followed Luke for almost the entire movie and god he sucks but other than that yeah it's really fun yeah usually if I give something a five it's because like it has emotionally touched me or like really affected me so it's a four out of five for me it's a lot of fun 
there's nothing too deep going on that I don't already know. No, that's fair. This movie is not saying anything new. It's just saying it in a different way. In a fun Christmas way with a Christmas bow. Oh my god. Love that. A bloody Christmas bow. Aw, Merry Christmas. Garbage day! (laughs) Wow, good callback. I hope I never have to see that movie Um, again. But yes, uh, next week we're more than likely gonna have a bonus episode because it's the holidays, but then that'll be followed by the Strockies. So you'll get to tune in and listen to like the things we liked best from this year. Um, oh my God. New movies that came out. I'm so excited. Every single horror movie of the year will be out by that episode and we'll have watched every single one of them. And we are the authority on what is good and what is bad. And you have to listen to me. I think we're going to keep most of the categories from last year. And I'm not doing a double list this year because that was way too much work. Okay, we're doing just movies that we watched or that came out this year, right? Yeah. Okay. And that's going to be it for this week's episode of Horrorstruck. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at HorrorStruckPod or over on Facebook at HorrorStruckPodcast. And guess what, guys? We're on Patreon now. So if you want to support us and to become part of our horror family, click the link down below. And as always, stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Bye.